0: Testament reading is Psalm 23, a Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters, He restores my soul, He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for Thou art with me, Thy rod and Thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, goodness and mercy. Shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our New Testament reading comes from the Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter, verses 11 to 18. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hireling and not a shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hireling and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will heed my voice so there shall be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This charge I have received from my father. This is the gospel of Christ. Miles, it's lovely to see you.
1: Tim, <laughs> Now, you've been part of some Matthew's congregation here for how long? So,
2: I joined some acts when it first started, so that was, what, five, six years ago? You know
1: that. Fantastic. You've been um, here right from the beginning, so yes, I went
2: away for a bit, it, went away for a couple of years, but, uh, yeah, I've always been kind of with.
1: And when you went away, this was to do with a placement with your degree, right? That's
2: right, yeah. So, I studied civil engineering um, and went away uh, to London for a year um, to work at a small company And then... Yeah, ended up going back after graduated, but as I say,
1: had to come back. Had, to, had come to come time. back to Bath, it's a place to be. Um, now, people at St Thomas of Beckett will probably remember you, because you were on the coffee rotor with was, Polly, yeah. um, and kind of worshipped at St, having come to St Matt's and been part of the family here community, then also went up to St Thomas on a Sunday morning. Different style of worship, was that something that was familiar to you, or different? Um, I guess to an extent, um, I was kind of... When well, I was
2: much more, I was used to small churches in Wales. Um, and yeah, so I guess I kind of just felt familiar. It was, it was different to say i been coming here for, for this such a long time. But um, yeah, I just find the, the style at St. Thomas really lovely, it's really reflective, and it um, really helps me to so, connect with God.
1: So, as well as the joy at St. Really Matt's, you'd also recommend people to try kind of uh, more traditional style worship up there as well, and, and kind of there's something to learn from both, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um,
2: yeah, there's something really
1: beautiful about the, the quiet space. That you can find. And, you know, very much our heart as uh, church here is, you know, we, we talk about being two different church kind of families, but, you know, what two communities, but one family. And uh, you model that beautifully by being involved in both. So I know the guys at St. Tom's love having you and Polly there. And um, it's great having you back in the city. And it's lovely you preaching today. Preaching has been something you've had a bit of a heart to do for a little while now. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, so it's definitely something I was really nervous to do to begin with, but I definitely felt
3: it.
2: You know, you just get a to do something, just from the, from the Spirit, and, and, you know, you're a little bit scared to begin with. You think, no, that's not really me, I don't really want to do that, but, um, you yeah, know, it kind of got to the point where right. I just couldn't, couldn't ignore that um,
1: after all, so. It's brilliant. So, this is, you preached it this morning, uh, we're really looking forward to hearing from you, and... Um, It's a joy to have you as part of the church family, part of the community, and thanks for being willing to preach this morning. No worries at
4: all.
2: Hi everyone, it's uh, lovely to be preaching to you again um, after so long. Last year, I went on an adventure with my family. Uh, We went walking in the Cambrian Mountains in Wales, it's a lovely part of the world. Um, We were walking along an ancient pilgrimage route, um, and it's a walk that my dad had planned, um, and he'd promised us that there was this uh, wonderful path that kind of went all the way through the hills. Except when we got there, we realised that this path he was talking about uh, was nothing more than a bog. Uh, It was quite literally underwater. We were well equipped with walking boots for our walk, but it would probably be more useful if we were equipped with snorkels. Uh, Also, to make matters worse, it was raining. Despite all that, we decided to carry on with this walk, um, which actually ended with my fiance Izzy, uh, falling into this bog and um, losing her walking boot in the process. You can imagine how unhappy we were with my dad at that point, uh, his choice of walk. It hurts to be lied to, doesn't it? It hurts to have promises broken. It hurts when we've been assured of a certain outcome uh, and we find the reality is so different to what we were told. It hurts to be led astray. Today's two readings talk about this idea of a shepherd. It's a word that is often used in the Bible to describe someone who uh, leads others, who protects others, and who guides others. In John 10, Jesus is speaking to a people who are no stranger to being led astray by bad shepherdship. This is a people being led by Pharisees, these cruel shepherds who look to exploit their sheep rather than uh, love them who look to put the needs of themselves above the needs of their followers. But what Jesus teaches couldn't be more different. Jesus says that he is the good shepherd. And he mentions these two characteristics that radically separate him from the cruel shepherdship of the Pharisees. Firstly, Jesus says the good shepherd is a sacrificial shepherd. Jesus says the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep where the Pharisees are interested in what they can get from their followers. Jesus is interested in what he can do for them. This is a shepherd who gives away his own life so that his sheep might live. This is the son of God, the creator of the universe who came down from his heavenly throne to die in our place, to suffer death and shame. It's a shepherdship that gives more than it takes. Secondly, the good shepherd is a personal shepherd. Jesus says the good shepherd knows his sheep. Uh, In fact, earlier in the chapter, it says the good shepherd knows his sheep by name. Where the Pharisees' relationship with the people would have been superficial at best, Jesus instead seeks a deep personal relationship with his followers. In fact, he doubles down that promise later on in the chapter. Look at verse 16. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. It's a small detail, but I can't help but focus on that last sentence. I must bring them also. I. It implies going out to find those sheep and bring them back to him. One flock, one shepherd. No one is left out of Jesus's fold. Jesus is so committed to this desire to have a relationship with us that he will go out and seek us even when we are not seeking him. And I think that's true whatever stage you're at. He loves you so much that he will continue to search for you until he has your entire heart. Not just 50%, not just 75%, not even 99%. Jesus will search for you until 100% of your heart is his. That's how much he desires you. So Jesus is the shepherd, which by default makes us his sheep. That's right. You, me, we're all sheep, even if you're not Welsh. I personally think I'm fulfilling it. the sheep look pretty well today with my lockdown hairdo. So if we are Jesus' sheep, how do we respond to him being the shepherd? I think the answer to that lies in understanding where our perspective is, or more specifically is our focus on the shepherd or on the storm. Like so many others, I've been shaken by the events of this pandemic. And I confess that in these times, my eyes have been focused more on the coronavirus than they have been on Jesus. Even to the point of often finding myself paralysed by this fear of death that I can't explain. When the storm is raging around us, it can be so easy to be consumed by those feelings of hopelessness and worry. When I reflect on this, I'm reminded of the disciples when they're in the boat with Jesus. And this storm whips up and they say to Jesus, Jesus, what are you doing? Don't you care if we drown? Perhaps when we're struggling, we have a tendency to ask God the same question. God, where are you? Don't you care? God is gracious to us when our eyes slip from him. Jesus does graciously calm the storm in that story. But after doing so, he asks the disciples this really gentle question. Why are you so afraid? Perhaps Jesus is asking you that same question today. Why are you so afraid? Psalm 23 says, even I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. For you are with me. For the writer of this psalm, the fact that God is with them is so much more comfort than anything else God could do for them. I know that like the disciples in the boat, often my first response is to come to God, asking him to solve a problem. But how often when I have a problem, do I approach God seeking only his presence? I think that the promise that God is with us is so much more comforting and carries so much more weight than just a casual reassurance of "Oh, don't worry everything's going to turn out okay in the end god doesn't promise us that everything in our lives will turn out exactly how we want it to but he does promise to be beside us every step of the way and when we trust in jesus as shepherd we stop seeing him as this distant god who we have to convince to be nice to us we begin to trust him to walk us through the storms without panicking without feeling like we need to take control of the situation ourselves, and without feeling like we have to hurry him into doing something to solve our particular problems. When we trust in Jesus as shepherd, all we really need to do is seek his presence. I love the way that verse 16 in Psalm 23 articulates the writer's hunger for that presence. I will dwell in the house of the Lord, all the days of my life. Or as it says in the message version, I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. Being in God's presence is home. It's where we belong. So let's choose to rest in that presence afresh today. Being led through the storm by a God who will not let us
4: go. Amen. God's people are called to be united in the fellowship of the Spirit, sharing God's life. Fellow members of the body of Christ, let us pray to our Heavenly Father. Father, we commend to your love all ministers of your word and sacrament, remembering especially here in Whitcomb, Tim, Jenny, Judith, Sarah and Mary keep them true to their calling so that through their life and work many may come to know you lord in your mercy hear our prayer father we commend to your wisdom all those in positions of power throughout the world help them to encourage friendship rather than show aggression achieve reconciliation rather than seek revenge, and work to the common good of all mankind in your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we commend to your healing all victims of war, terrorist attacks, natural disasters or oppression. In particular, We pray for the peoples of Myanmar, Afghanistan, Yemen, and Syria. Also for the families of victims of gun violence in the USA. 11,000 people killed in the first three months of this year. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, We commend to your peace and joy all the people of this parish and beyond. For those who accept political and social responsibility. For those who teach in our schools. For those who work in our hospitals. For those who serve in voluntary organisations, caring for old people, disabled people, children and young people all the needs of minority groups, and for those who maintain law and make it possible for us to live our lives in a framework of order. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, we commend to your healing all who have chronic pain, those recovering from surgery, those afflicted by long COVID, and the many who depend on others for life and movement. We also remember all who are grieving for the loss of a loved one. And in a moment of quiet, we think of our own Queen Elizabeth and her family, as well as others known to us who are in need of our prayerful support. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Rejoicing in your strength, love and fellowship, Father, we offer you our thanks and praise. Merciful Father, accept our prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen.
3: The Lord's my shepherd I'm not want. He makes me lie in pastures green. He leads me by the still, still. Your goodness will lead me home. He guides my life.